Welcome to the Pizza Bros Podcast. This is Steve. And Dennis, don't forget about me. Well, I can't introduce you exactly, can I, Dennis? No, that's my job. Obviously. So this is, uh, how come you always just throw me off like that? Because that's what I do best. Well, why don't you introduce the episode then, since you know what to do best? Um, mm, wait, what episode number is it again? <sighs> it's episode 33, Delivery to Murder Mansion. Good job doing your job. Finally, it's a busy Friday evening at Pizza Bros. The whole staff is working and all the deliveries are running late. Ed pulls a pizza out of the oven, throws it into a pizza box, and slices it with a pizza cutter. As he does, his index finger gets in the way and he slices it off, spraying blood all over the floor of the store. Ah, my finger! Screams Ed in pain. All the employees panic at the sight of Ed's detached finger still twitching inside of the pizza box. Ah! Steve runs for the first aid kit, grabs it, and runs back to Ed. He fumbles through the kit, finding only ibuprofen packets and alcohol wipes. Where are the bandages? He cries as he searches. Suddenly, Ed starts laughing. (laughs) Hey, don't panic. I didn't really cut off my finger. See? Ed shows everyone that his finger is still attached to his hand. That's not funny, yells Steve. I thought you were seriously injured. Huh, well, looks like someone can't handle a little practical joke, Ed says lazily. He pulls the fake finger out of the pizza box and hands it to Dennis. That's the last one for this order. You and Steve get those pizzas out of here. The order's already 30 minutes late, Ed reminds them. No thanks to you, mutters Dennis. Dennis and Steve struggle as they carry a total of 60 pizzas out of the store and load them into their waiting cars. That's the last bag. You ready to go? Asks Steve as he wipes sweat off of his brow. Yeah, you follow me. I know a shortcut, replies Dennis as he heads to his driver's seat. They both hop in their cars and head down the road to their delivery. Dennis finds the address and sees that they are delivering to a gigantic Victorian-style house set on the top of a hill. The house has a long, tree-lined driveway. As they drive up the drive, lightning flashes through the trees from an autumn thunderstorm in the distance. Dennis and Steve park in a circular driveway in front of the house and get out of their cars. This house is massive, comments Dennis. Unsure if he's impressed or offended by the grandiose nature of the home. Yeah, it is, replies Steve. Steve looks up at the front door and sees that there is a note taped to it. He hops up the wooden steps to the front porch, grabs the note, and reads it. It says to take everything directly into the kitchen, no need to knock. Steve tells Dennis as he walks back to his car. Then let's get these pizzas unloaded in one trip. I don't want to walk back and forth across the house a bunch of times, gripes Dennis. Steve nods in agreement, and the two load three pizza bags onto each arm and struggle to walk through the house towards the kitchen. Inside the house, it is completely dark, and the house is built like a maze. But they manage to find their way to the kitchen and unload the pizzas from the hot bags. Good thing they paid and tipped us in advance, comments Dennis. I haven't seen a single person since we got here. I know, right? replies Steve. We need to get back to the store. I'm sure Ed's swamped with deliveries. Steve looks around the kitchen and notices all the ornate decorations around the walls. This gets him turned around and he can't tell which door they came through. He sees one to the right. Is this the way out? How should I know? It's almost pitch black in here. It's kind of creeping me out, replies Dennis. 
Steve leads them through the swinging door on the right and into a large parlor. He can make out another door in front of him and passes through that as well. Finally, upon passing through a third and final door, Steve looks around and realizes he has no idea where he is. Uh, I don't think this is the way out, Steve says to Dennis. Seriously, why is it so dark in here? Where is everyone? Dennis questions loudly. They look around the room. Suddenly, lightning strikes, fully illuminating the room and reveals a man's body on the floor. The body is surrounded by what looks like blood. Ah! Scream Dennis and Steve in fear, who drop the pizza bags they were carrying and grab each other from fright. The light from the lightning subsides and it is once again pitch black in the room. Steve and Dennis remain clutching each other. When they realize what they are doing, they quickly and awkwardly release each other, pretending to be braver than they actually are. After a moment of silence, Steve speaks up meekly. Was that a dead body, or is Ed just playing another practical joke on us? I don't know, but I'm not waiting to find out. Let's get out of here, replies Dennis with urgency. Dennis grabs the door that is immediately behind him and tries to turn the knob. He turns and turns and jiggles and jiggles, but it won't budge no matter what he does. The door's stuck! I can't get it open! cries a panicked Dennis. What? exclaims Steve in disbelief. Let me try. Move out of the way, he says as he pushes Dennis away from the door. Steve, too, jiggles the handle aggressively, but finds it immovable. The door really is stuck, exclaims Steve. Let's go back to the kitchen and try another way out, Steve suggests. They head back to the door that they previously came through, only to find that the door is now locked, too. We're trapped! What do we do? Cries a scared Dennis. We should call 911, offers Steve. They both pull out their cell phones only to find that they have no service. Mine's dead, says Steve. Mine too, adds Dennis. This is the Zap plan all over again, complains Steve. Shh, don't say that. You know we promised never to speak about it again, says Dennis. Seriously though, we should all consider changing phone service. Steve and Dennis use their phones as flashlights and look around the room for anything that can help them escape. I'm going to check this dead guy and see if he's really dead, says Dennis as Steve searches around the edges of the room. Dennis finds a fireplace against an exterior wall and grabs a fire poker next to it. Steve continues to search through a built-in bookcase for anything that could give them a clue to escape the room. Dennis takes the poker and pokes the dead man on the floor, making certain to keep as much distance between himself and the body as possible. Yeah, this guy's dead as a doornail, Dennis says aloud. He absentmindedly throws the poker down on the ground and it hits the body in the head with a dull thud sound. I think I found a light switch, yells Steve with excitement. Dennis turns to walk towards Steve. As he does, Steve presses the button and there's a loud pop sound. Suddenly, without warning, a chandelier falls from the high ceiling of the room and crashes down where Dennis was just standing. What's wrong with you? You could have killed me, accuses Dennis. How was I supposed to know a chandelier would fall with the push of a button? Steve defends himself. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because we are clearly in a murder mansion, cries Dennis. Suddenly, the two are interrupted by a loud creaking sound that only the floorboards of an old house make. The boards creak and groan repeatedly. They can see what looks like an otherworldly light coming from under the door. Steve runs to a window near the fireplace and tries to open it. We can get out this window, Steve yells with hope. 
But as he reaches his hands out the window, he finds that it is barred from the outside with iron bars. The otherworldly light grows in intensity from under the door, and the sounds of the creaking and groaning of the floorboards grow louder with every passing second. Shh! Someone is coming! Dennis whispers loudly. The handle of the first door jiggles aggressively, scaring Steve and Dennis half to death. They both put their hands over their mouths to stifle the sounds of screaming in fear. It's the murderer! He's coming to murder us too! Whispers Dennis. Maybe it's the police! We've been gone a long time and Ed knows where we are! Steve whispers back. Suddenly, the door flies open and the pair are blinded by the light from a butane lantern. It is held by a man whose face they cannot see. Dennis and Steve once again grab each other in fear and scream. Ah! Don't murder us! We won't tell anyone you killed this guy! Yells Dennis, fearing for his life. Who are you? And what are you doing here? Asks the mysterious man. We're delivery guys from Pizza Bros. We got lost on our way out and found this dead body! Exclaims Steve as he points to the man on the floor. The mysterious man fumbles on the wall by the door finds a hidden compartment in the wall, and turns on the lights. The entire room is illuminated by electric light. Dennis and Steve can clearly see a man dressed in butler's clothes from the late 1800s. Oh no, we've seen his face! Now he's gonna murder us too! Cries Dennis. The mysterious man looks intently at Dennis as he remains on the other side of the room. After a moment passes, he clears his throat and finally speaks up. Son! I'm not going to murder you. What exactly do you think is going on here? He asks calmly. Clearly you murdered that guy on the floor and now you're coming to silence us! Accuses Dennis. The mysterious man looks puzzled for a moment and laughs. Ha 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 No, no, no. You've got it all wrong. Although, I am happy that this is all so convincing. Laughs the man. Dennis and Steve, who are still huddled in a corner of the room, look at each other with confusion. Son, this mansion was converted into a series of escape rooms, and we host murder mystery dinner parties on the weekends. Upstairs, there's a group of 20 people trying to escape from a series of rooms just like this one. They escape from their respective room, search the house for clues, and try to figure out who the murderer is of the group. The man continues. Steve and Dennis look at each other with momentary relief. Then how do you explain this body? demands Dennis as he points at the dead body on the floor. Him? That's Gary. He's a method actor. I have to give him the password. Otherwise, he'll pretend to be dead forever, replies the man. The man looks at the body. Gary, ham salad. Now tell these guys you aren't dead. Gary lets out a loud groan and rises off the floor. Ah, jeez, I'm sorry. I must have fallen asleep this time. Gary rubs his head and winces in pain. Why does my head hurt? The end. Thank you for listening to episode 33 of the Pizza Bros Podcast. That is actually the end of volume three of our written short story books. So if you'd like to purchase that and the first two volumes, please go to therealpizzabros.com for the links. Anything else we want to add to that, Steve? Uh, yeah, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, and tell all your friends across all your social media how funny Pizza Bros is and how much you like it. Because remember, guys, without you, we'd have zero listeners. Yeah, that's important, too. All right, see you later. Goodbye. But not you, Dennis. We have to go full boxes. No, I I want the last word.
<laughs> okay. See ya. Okay, bye. No, me. No, me. No, me. You, you go fold boxes right now. You're not my boss. I could be. That's it. You two both go in the back. You're folding 500 pizza boxes. I went large, mediums, and extra larges. We're going to be really busy now. Now get in there now. Because you're both on, I don't know, super double quintuple punishment with the write-ups or something. Oh, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Anyways, just go fold boxes. Whatever. See you guys later.